The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, first episode of 2020. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. Again, Happy New Year. It's the it's the start of a new decade, the, the first podcast of the post-Rise of Skywalker era, the post-Skywalker saga era. And, uh, you know, we need news, and we got it. <laughs> I can't believe we're going to move past this Skywalker saga so quickly, but I'm 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 glad for that. In the end of, uh, I just I need I need more. We're insatiable. Feed us, and it looks like Lucasfilm is going to feed us. Uh, we'll get to all that, uh, but first let's let's do a quick little catch up. How you guys doing? Holidays are over. We're back to work. Reality is setting back in. It's cold outside. Carlos, what's up, man? Uh, not much. Uh, settling in. Uh, I had a nice holiday uh, with the family and. Um, uh, Got a few nice uh, pieces uh, over the holiday, and uh, yeah, just uh, kicking off a weight loss challenge with the Roman Pod and Cast, and uh, yeah, we're trying to kick off 2020 to uh, to a roaring start. Let's start the roaring twenties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny we don't name we don't name decades anymore, do we? Like, when did they name the roaring twenties the roaring twenties? Uh, I think it was right before uh, Black Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right before the stock market crash in 1929. I'm done. This was a great, great, great decade. Uh oh, <laughs> these, these were some roaring twenties. And then, yeah, and then the car crash. <laughs> But like the seventies, the seventies don't have a name. The eighties, the nineties, none of those decades have names, do they? Uh, not that I not know. Really? No, it's weird. No. I mean, I guess Roaring Twenties. Like, what else is there? I mean, there's the Roaring Twenties, but do the thirties have a dirty thirties, dirty depression, not the depression, pretty much. <laughs> it's the Great Depression in the thirties. Fair. We don't it's need to name that. History it's, books. It, that's, that's just a sad, sad name to give it anyway. Not a fun time. Uh, it was the the Warring Forties. Was it the Swinging Sixties? Did I just make that up? I think <laughs> yes, it was. It actually was. And then I don't know what you call the seventies. I think it was the Coilude Seventies. <laughs> <laughs> the Cocaine Eighties. Yeah, the Cocaine Eighties for sure. Uh, Nirvana Nineties. Hey, look what we're doing here. We're we're, we're we're doing things for society here in this podcast. Yeah, no, we're not. That's how we do. <laughs> no, we're not. No, you know where you know, you know where society is getting work done is on change change.org. Oh. Come on. Oh. Come on. You know that that that's where the ball's getting moved. Yep. Let's turn this back into a more positive light, man. I just want to follow up on what Kyle said with the whole 2020 thing. Like, honestly, guys, can you believe it, man? Like the timing's like so awesome what Kyle said, like End of the Skywalker saga, end of a decade, like beginning of a new decade. Remember, we were like, I don't know, seven, eight year old boys, like playing with Star Wars toys, like 
thinking of the year 2020, man, we had talked about this on Sith Disturbers. Like, where the hell are the flying cars and like a colony on the moon or Mars? No, like no holodecks, anything like that. All we got were like tricorders. Yeah, it's 2020. Still and we still cool can't even have a good granted. Skype connection. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> we should be able, that's it, man. We should be able to see each other, man. Like via holo well, we can, but like hologram style, 3D. We should like be sitting on the same couch in a way, you know? Anyway, some well, like the like, like the Jedi Council, especially the Jedi Council yeah, chamber. Yeah, exactly. Oh, now you're talking. Awesome. Look, Corey, get your Skype connection solidified first, and then let's think <laughs> about 3D hollow projections. All right. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> hey, it's not my fault. Ever you since you switched providers, man, your Skype connection's been lousy. Oh, it was worse before. I'm sure. No, it wasn't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There's a lot to look forward to in Star Wars, man. Like, and a lot to look forward to this year. Like, let's just hope it's not World War Three. But either way, like the news that we got today, uh, over the weekend and stuff, like with really recent stuff coming soon, like we're gonna be, like you said, kind of like inundated. Like, there's, I don't know, it's amazing. It's never ending. Never ending. That's that. I like that word. I like that word. Um. All right. Let's let's talk about quickly our collecting updates f- throughout the holiday. Uh, Corey, did you pick up anything over the holidays? Honestly, it's been a little slow. There hasn't really been much that really came out, but I did score an amazing Christmas present from my my girlfriend, which was the Heavy Infantry Mando. <laughs> I was so stoked about that. I was like, yay! I was like hugging it under the Christmas tree. I was like, it's mine! So that was a pretty awesome gift. I was pretty stoked about that. And I bought myself a uh, these star wars myths and legends like a hardcover it's a children's book more or less but you know big words some pictures and stuff it's right up my alley (laughs) (laughs) but it's really sweet man like it's cool like there are some actually really nice paintings and stuff and i haven't started reading it yet but i think there's probably about maybe nine ten stories it was pretty neat price was right for a hardcover and i don't know i like stuff like that be good good to read with the boys Cool. But I'm also collecting wise. 2020 is going to be a big one too. I mean, there's not too much that we've heard coming out, but what is coming out is absolutely amazing for what I collect, anyhow. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a second. <laughs> I think 2020 could be another one of those sneaky heavy years. Um, but Carlos, how, how's it going in your collection? Uh, it's going well. The kids, uh, the kids really got a lot uh, this year. Uh, got a couple of the Battle of. Um, uh, Battle of Hoth sets, uh, the action uh, uh, play sets, and uh, we got a I got a Wicked minifigure, which was cool. Uh, that um, is cool. Yeah, and uh, I love how he was just in the movie for like four seconds. It was uh, it was great. Perfect. Um, yeah. What else? Um, uh, my oldest uh, got a the uh, duel duel on Starkiller base. Uh, which is a cool little build and um, a couple of other uh, little, uh, little sets, nothing, uh, nothing overly huge. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, we have room to display and uh, you know, we're, we're setting up nicely in our new, uh, in our new spot. And uh, so it's, uh, it's looking good. Very cool. Uh, actually, I, I want, I, I want, I want to add quickly to mine like this. It's actually from my son. And it was so perfect. Like, like I mentioned earlier, we'd seen the rise of Skywalker together. It was my second time seeing it with him. 
or my second time seeing it, his first time seeing it, and uh, first time ever seeing like a kind of like a, almost a premiere. Pretty much, it was opening weekend. It, it was just really, I was emotional that that time around. He gave me a Christmas card, right? And it was Darth Vader on the cover, and it was like Merry Christmas or whatever. But like when you open it, he had drawn a picture of myself and him in the theater, like you know, with the theater and Star Wars playing or whatever. And he just the caption of him looking at me saying, you cried. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny, man. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah. um, (laughs) My collecting has been pretty much at a standstill for, for the better part, I'd say of, geez, at least five, six weeks. I have not added too much at all. I think the heavy heavy infantry Mando was the last thing I added to my collection. Um, what about Christmas? What did Christmas get you, Kyle? Uh, well, I, I'm getting to that. The, but the only the only new ad I did get at Christmas time was um, vintage collection skiff, Corey. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's a, it's a that's great a, looking toy. That's a nice. Gift. <laughs> it's a it's a real nice looking toy, um, which I've, I've decked out with. Um, a bunch of Jabba thugs from from various other collections that I've got. It it looks really Excellent. nice. That's awesome. So that's what I wanted. Like the whole little mini diorama of Tatooine. So I can come to your house and just bask in it, and then maybe one day steal it. Oh, I fully expect that for sure. <laughs> um, otherwise, it was um, you know helping my kids. They they got a bunch of Lego as well, Star Wars and otherwise. But we did build. Uh, like uh, Vader's castle, which was a fantastic build. Um, my daughter got the uh, Death Star escape set, little mini set. Yeah, that's a fun little thing. Uh, she also got. We also got around to building her porg, which she got a month ago for her birthday. So, and and that's just like tip of the iceberg in terms of the all the Lego that we got overall. Just not all of it Star Wars, but man, we are we are drowning in Lego here. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I can't wait to build that Porg. My son got a lot of Lego too for Christmas. Some big ones, BB-8. It's like, it's like the best gift. They make the best gifts. I mean, you don't want to buy if you don't don't want to buy something just like this this worthless toy. Like you get them something that they get to build and and have an experience with. They're they're perfect. They're just perfect. I love like I think almost every birthday party we go to, it's like here's Lego. <laughs> It's just so easy. Anyway, um, nothing new for me, really, um, along the lines of figures, Black Series or otherwise, but that will change in 2020 uh, amidst a report from Yak Face of the 40th anniversary (gasps) figures for Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. No real word as to when those are coming out just yet. I'd, I'd have to guess spring, maybe late winter. But the rumored list is... Maybe some repeat figures. I don't know. I'm not entirely thrilled over the selection of figures because a lot of repeats from the New Hope collection. But from what they've been able to gather, we're getting Vader, R2, Chewbacca. So those are the three repeats. There'll probably there'll, there'll be differences, I'm sure. Uh, a Snowtrooper, which I'm all for. Then, then this gets crazy. Three different Luke Skywalkers. Snowspeeder Luke. Dagobah Training Luke and Bespin Luke, which ugh, I don't know. That's that's a lot of Luke. Uh, Han Solo Bespin. 
Uh, Boba Fett, not to be confused with the uh, San Diego exclusive Boba Fett. Uh, the At-At Driver, Yoda, uh, Princess Leia from, we don't know, Hoth, Bespin Escape, or the Bespin Gown, and a Hoth Rebel Soldier. So that's the collection. I'm, I'm all in. This is my favorite Star Wars movie. I love this line. But I'm kind of underwhelmed at the selection. What do you think, Corey? Over my dead body. I'm getting them first. They're mine. Back off. Stand down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, of course sure. I'm, I'm all I'm in. Gonna, I'm going to go after them too. I just, you know, I, why have three I Lukes? Just, I wish there would be like one Luke and throw in a Bosk, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. The bounty hunters, a little, a little more than just Boba Fett would have been nice. Like, like why not Lando? I'm a little no, underwhelmed as well. No Lando? On no. A, you got to have a 40th Lobot. anniversary. Lobot why too? Is there, was there a fan vote for this one too that they, they accepted? And I think one of the Lukes won. Uh, probably the Dagobah training. That's a cool one. That could be cool. Uh, anyway, I'm down. I, I, I've already got an anxiety about it. Put it that way. It better be readily available. I don't oh, you know it's going to be a another problem. Look, look where we live. We get nothing. <sighs> nothing. You, you've been nothing. tapping into my honey hole. <laughs> I, you know, I, I still haven't seen it. I've never seen a Mando on the pegs. I'm still sitting here completely shut out on the Mando front. Craziness. Yeah, me neither. I, I saw I saw the one that I went through hell to get, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> well, that, you're not shut out, at least. I'm still sitting here waiting. I mean, it, it's going to come eventually by spring. Hasbro will have restocked, and Mandos will probably be end up end up being a, a peg warmer at some point. Like remember, uh, not a first edition though. <laughs> nobody's going to know. Unless, unless you're I talking know. the white box or the uh, yeah, the white box is the only one that will be distinguishable. But uh, yeah, man, remember the remember how Ahsoka Black Series was like this raging hot figure for a while. You like you could not find one. It took it was months before they became readily available, and then you you could find it anywhere. Yeah, I was I was seeing them. I remember the Honey Hole at one point had like it was incredible how many black series they had on the pegs at like deep too and they were all marked down to ten dollars i remember buying as many as i could at the time but you know i was closed guard and uh i wasn't allowed to buy too many i had to sneak back <laughs> you know what i mean and even at that uh things were tight man i, I could have went crazy there but i got some choice figures like sabine ahsoka and duplicate some of them for the show and the former giveaways there but yeah, so anyway, there, there's the list. Um, we don't know yet which of these, if any, will be sort of uh, exclusives. I think it's safe to assume that... Well, there's definitely, there's definitely going to be like those the one in the box, you know what I mean, like that. Oh, there'll be some that are harder, harder to get, that... but like, could the At-At Driver, for example, be an EB Games or, uh, you know, like a GameStop exclusive? You know what I mean? Yeah, this just worries me. Oh, with good reason. Release date. <laughs> with good reason. I, 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 collecting has been not as much fun in the, in the last couple of years that I as I would hoped it would be. It's it's been a very fruitless endeavor. Yet still very well, expensive. When you, when you finally score, though, it is quite the rush. Like 
finally is. I know. Uh, we could just pre-order the box or whatever, but that's kind of what I've been doing. Just pre-order the case and just end it, you know. But then you get, you know, it's it's a big expense up front. Anyway, moving on. We'll see what happens in 2020 regarding collecting. I know there's vintage collection stuff coming as well. A lot of Mando-shaped stuff that I will definitely be looking into. Yeah, Plo Koon, Kit Fisto. Man, your Skype connection is nasty tonight, Corey. Seriously? Oh, it's terrible. You sound like you're tuning in from Venus. So odd. So odd. Anyway, let's uh, let's jump into some of this news, some exciting news to discuss uh, to kick off the new year before we talk about uh, a little bit more from Rise of Skywalker and the sequel trilogy. Uh, really quickly, though, we'll try we'll blitz through this. I don't want to get too hung up on any one particular topic, but according to LRM Online and then later by Slashfilm, the search is on for young Luke Skywalker in the Kenobi series. And again, no, no age range was provided, but if the show is set... Eight years after Rise of uh, Revenge of the Sith, it kind of looks like we're looking at a Luke around the same age as Anakin and the Phantom Menace, which could draw some interesting parallels. Could be potentially interesting. Uh, Carlos, what's you, what are you what are you thinking? Are we looking forward to young Luke? I'm looking forward to that Obi Wan series. Period. <laughs> yeah, just period. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know what uh, revelations we're going to get from a young Luke uh, at that age who uh, 10 years later still doesn't know about the Force. Like, it's not something that's really going to, like, be mind-blowing to me. Uh, it'll be cool to see, like, oh, yeah, I could definitely see that as a young Mark Hamill. Like, you know, I think that that part is always interesting. But as far as the story goes, like, yeah, no. Give me you and McGregor, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I I'm hoping that it's like, well, like you said, like what is there to learn about Luke at this age? Like, what are we gonna learn about his character? Because his intro in A New Hope is so perfect. His character arc in A New Hope is so perfect. Um, and I, and I do struggle with this one a bit. Like, I I just I hope that whatever Luke's role is in this show, if it's if this indeed is true, I just hope it's it's there to inform the like the storyline for Obi Wan. I don't want it to center on Luke. You know what I mean? I doubt it will. I doubt it too. I hope it's it's sort of a cameo appearance, almost like a one-off. Like again, like you said, like Luke barely seems to recognize Kenobi in A New Hope. So they, it's not like they can have this super close relationship, unless unless Kenobi like mind wipes him at some point. Which yeah, I guess you can't rule out. But I I really hope it's more of a thing where. Luke is just sort of in, lurking in the background and, and Kenobi's watching out for him. Literally. Corey, what's your take? Young Luke. I love it, man. Like like, like you guys had mentioned, like there's a lot to tackle there with Obi-Wan's character first and foremost, especially like him, like they mentioned in the article, like the fallout of the death of all the Jedi. That's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see a, a broken Obi-Wan. So maybe... If they're casting this role, and again, it's not really necessarily confirmed either, but if they are, maybe I think he's going to have a bit of a bigger role than we're if that's the. And if Joel Egerton is available, I mean, why not snatch that guy up? I mean, that's just a, a match made in heaven. Oh, he's be, in for sure. He'll in. be there. I, I'm already assuming oh. he's in. And then, like you said, I don't think Luke really comes to the fore too often, but it makes sense, like you guys had just mentioned, in the sense that. 
Luke does, it's kind of implied that he has memories of uh, Kenobi at one point from his childhood, perhaps an eight-year-old boy. It's eight years later, right? I mean, so much has happened probably to him in his lifetime. Like, I kind of remember that Ben guy. Like, Maybe Luke gives him the encouragement that he needs at one point. But if he is again involved, to me, it means something along the lines of you know, possibly Obi-Wan's secrets out with someone in particular, which puts Luke in potential danger. He could still kind of stay to the sidelines a bit. But if he's in this story, you would have to think that there's a reason for that. And it would be a threat to him, I would think. So I don't know. I, I think we, he might have a more prominent role than just being in that one-off episode. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's totally possible. It's totally possible. In, in my head right now, it's like, let's don't feed me too much Luke. Like it's it for some reason it scares me. What would be cool? I I don't. I, I'm I'm on the same page as you. I prefer that he really be more very much in the background. But maybe it'd be cool to see him racing or something. See what he'd actually do as a pilot, as a kid, much like his father or something like that in Beggar's Canyon. That I could go for. Yeah, like I would love to see, you know, Uncle Owen and Kenobi have had numerous interactions in Legends. None of them go well. And I would love to see them canonize one of those or give us, you know, a a canonical version of uh, Kenobi, Owen Lars chit chat and how it's contentious and owen is telling kenobi to stay the hell away and luke is just sort of like watching the conversation maybe maybe takes part in i don't know but i don't i don't want luke to be an active part of the show and of course i'm I'm willing to be proven wrong if it's great it's it's i'll be very happy just right now in my head it's just like let's not overdose too much on luke I, I 100% agree with that as well. Obi-Wan show, but I think Luke is meant to maybe be the through line of the show to kind of like, again, like turn him back to the light. I, I could see Obi-Wan again, like waning in this, you know, like being a broken person. Maybe Yoda comes in at the last second, like the boy, remember the boy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, could be all kinds of things that they, they could do for sure. Anyway, we'll talk about it more if and when they confirm this, but uh I guess you can't really do this show without having Luke involved in some respect. So this does make sense. I just hope they use him judiciously. Um, all right. Agreed. Moving on, another exciting bit of news came out this week. Uh, not really news, but another rumor from a trusted source, in my opinion, uh, from the Kessel Run Transmissions uh, show on YouTube, as well as Star Wars Unity, which is Jeremy Conrad, who's who's great with his MCU scoops. Um They've both reported in development, set to air this year, a follow-up show to Rebels featuring Sabine and Ahsoka, uh, presumably as they set off to find Ezra, which I think we all kind of assumed this was coming. But uh, man, this, I mean, this, this was welcome news to hear. Uh, Carlos, I'm coming back to you on this one. First first initial thoughts to hear this series? Because you're, you're into Rebels now. You're kind of digesting rebels how do you i don't know if you've gotten to the end yet but how do you feel about yeah, where revisiting? are you at in that carlos i'm almost uh, done season one but uh i mean it's i had watched it before it just i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't able to binge it so i didn't enjoy it as much but i, I mean it's uh no it's great man it's uh, it's fun 
Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should let Corey talk about Rebels, but uh, I'm not going to do that. Because we might, we'll be here all night. But yeah, I mean, the way that, the way they end that show with that little epilogue, it just leaves you dying for more. Yeah, I, I see. I saw that episode uh, when it came out. And um, I, I didn't like the way they ended it. Uh, but I kind of understood what they were trying to do. Um, Watch yourself. <laughs> so I understood what they were trying to do. And um, I, I just, I didn't like it. I just, like, I wanted more resolution. Um, it kind of seems like they just brushed Cain and Sacrifice to the side a little. I, I don't know. Anyways, that's... Um, neither uh, here nor there I, I think when it comes to uh, the Sabine and Ahsoka thing I think that's awesome um, like going traveling to the unknown regions to try to find Ezra and you know probably uh, having to deal with Thrawn and but, but how how does Ezra get separated from Thrawn like that there's a whole backstory there or do they think, get separated from Thrawn? Maybe they become pals. Yeah, that that. Remember, my, remember my my theory from back in the day where they possibly merged into one. And they became like Thazra. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know why we let you talk. It's it's things like that. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that there's so many th- after the rise of Skywalker. Um, uh, spoilers: we hear uh, Ahsoka's voice at the end uh, as one of the fallen Jedi. She did. That, that's speaking that's speaking to Ray. So she's gone at that point, but we don't hear Ezra. So oh, is Ezra still around uh, at that point? I think it's interesting. Like there's a, there's a lot to be done there. And how far are they going to go? Because we know that uh, Hera is at the the battle of um, uh, battle of Scarif, and um, the the you know. I think we see the ghost at one point in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. So, but who who is it? Jason that's piloting? Like, there's so much uh, uh, going around. So it's like, yeah, yeah, give me more. Like, give me more. Give me, you know. But I give me something more than two seasons or four seasons. You know, like go deep with this. Hmm. I want. I, I want to be more. Con- I want to be more invested. I, well, for sure. I would love for there to... I mean, in the end, I want it to be as long as it needs to be. But yes, I would love to have something that just plays an ultra-long game. And maybe spans time. Like, if we pick up, you know, immediately following Rebels, maybe it takes them years to find Ezra. Can we can we uh, put bets down and say that uh, we see Ahsoka's death in this? Oh, I don't even want to it- think about that. It is possible. I mean, it's very possible. Because at some point, I mean, I think they wanted to wrap up Ahsoka's story a long time ago, but she became so popular that they're like, eesh, maybe not. You think we get another duel with Vader and it's it's Anakin that does it? Vader did. <laughs> yeah, Vader dies in Jedi, but who says Ahsoka passes Jedi? Because she comes back. To rebels, like yeah, the, 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 they yeah, say the, it's like three to five years. No, the rebel the, the thing after the epilogue of Rebels is a year after Battle of Endor. Oh, it is. Yeah. 
So she makes it out of that, but maybe, you know, maybe this adventure to find Ezra, maybe this is what causes her to, like, this is what brings her to the end of her road. Again, I don't want to think about that just yet. I want to, I want to, but if it is, then I become, I get more to the point where, yes, Carlos, I want this to be something that goes on for a long time so we can spend a good deal of time with Ahsoka. Because I think she's become a very interesting and important character in that she's no longer really Jedi, but she's still Force Ghost. Like, she still kind of attains all these things, but outside of the, um, I guess, restrictions of the Jedi Order. So there's lots to unpack with this character. And maybe maybe it's going to take another, you know, uh, cliched Star Wars sacrifice for her to to save Ezra so that the actual Jedi Order can continue or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, Corey, coming to you. Well, first and foremost, I just want to correct Carlos in saying that Kanan's death was one of the most beautiful deaths in cinematic history, you fool. <laughs> I, didn't say, I don't know. Like I, I just I didn't say it wasn't. I said I said the uh, the way they ended the series, it kind of took away from his death in the previous episode. Like you should listen. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, that's why I want to. Like I don't know. He completed the mission and blowing up the the uh, the production factory or the fuel supply. Anyhow, so they stopped production on that crazy Tie Fighter they were developing, which was their mission. Then he becomes the wolf and kind of guides Ezra through the. The whole thing of the thing with the world between worlds and all that. Anyway, I just thought it was you know, really well, especially saying goodbye to him at the end. Like, and then he has a child. Anyway, super crazy. But I think this this here again, I got to take these things with a grain of salt because you know until it's actually ever confirmed by Lucasfilm, this show doing the show with you guys has taught me one thing: it's just not to really pop the cork, so to speak, until it's actually. Or written in stone. Well, I think the so, Kenobi series was sort of our our training for that. Like, how many times did exactly. we hear Kenobi's happening, only to sit for like four more months, and then the rumor would bubble up again. It's happening, and then the rumor goes away again. So yeah, I mean, until right now, we're just kind of taking a skim over the surface of of a rumor that's out there. But if and when they they confirm this, which will have to be soon, if it's set to air this year, it'll be soon. They can't wait too long. I mean, again. What they had mentioned, what you had said there, Kyle, like it coming – going to air in 2020 just seems really secretive project. So it's it's a bit confusing. I mean it's amazing news to start the new year. I was shocked that they were actually tackling the project so soon. I thought they would have put it to bed for maybe – I guess – I don't know. When did Rebels finish? Seven, 2017 or 18? I think it was 18. So I thought they would have put it to bed for at least three to five years, but – I guess that's not the case. Maybe they want to strike while the, everything's still hot. You know, they want, don't want people to necessarily forget. I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing story. There's so much potential there with these two amazing characters, these strong female characters, as well as Ezra. I'm curious, again, the article kind of stated that Filoni might ne- not necessarily have his hand in this too much, which is kind of interesting I don't know necessarily that he would leave the fate of Ahsoka in the hands of another. So I'm a little weary on on that aspect of it all. But well, he was last year or the year before he was given a promotion to like the like the overseer of all animation. So it it wasn't wasn't so much that he was going to be involved in the day to day anymore as as it was so much the guiding of the stories. That was my understanding. And you're right. Like it sounds like he's not as 
connected to this project, as you might expect, especially given it's these are two of his characters, especially Ahsoka. Like, this is his signature character. So, um, I'm sure he's got people he trusts, and I'm sure he's, you know, he's probably just a phone call away. I'm sure they got plenty of FaceTime with him if they need to speak with him. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not overly concerned. He's, he's still out there. Um, but yeah, like one of the things that the, uh, the guys from the, uh, the Kessel Run transmissions said, like a, a bunch of the Rebels alum, and I can't believe we didn't talk about this more at the time, a bunch of like the Steve Blum and Vanessa Marshall, a bunch of them had to bail out of a con last year because of work obligations. Like all of them. <laughs> and like, what are the chances that each of them had separate obligations that would pull them away from the con rather than they're all doing the same That's thing? That's awesome. So that, that I don't means Hera and Set would be back. Yeah, yeah, that you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And the ghosts, oh man! Like, anyway, this is super exciting news to me, man. Like, I am all for it. I think the potential for really interesting storytelling is there, just because we don't know where the hell they went, right? No like, idea. We could possibly start to begin to explore the the unknown regions, maybe or something like that. But I don't know, man. We got to find Ezra. <laughs> Soapy's okay. <laughs> yeah, and again, how how far ahead in time will we jump? Are we going to meet the 18, 19-year-old Ezra that we left at the end of Rebels? Or are we going to pick him up with, like, I don't know, mid-20s? Will it take them that long to find him? He's got a big beard. Maybe he's... His his life would have completely changed if he was stranded out there in the in the unknowns with, with, uh, with Thrawn. Yeah, that's, that's it. Like, I kind of pictured either in a couple of ways, like... He's definitely somewhere where he hasn't been able to get back, right? So either he's living in isolation with Thrawn or they're fighting one another constantly or cohabitating, whatever. But he's definitely going to probably be bearded and like maybe a little more savage and cynical or maybe he's really kept it real with the Force. I don't know. Or maybe they've come across a new civilization, some new culture or whatever. But Either way, like you said, we're going to meet a changed Ezra, and that kind of scares me a bit. I just hope he's stuck with the Jedi way. Yeah, I mean, for sure they're going to... They have to make it somewhat interesting. Again, if, we, if we've if we learned anything with with uh, Luke Skywalker in this sequel trilogy, it's that it would have been boring just to make him war god Luke. Or just like the, the continue with the noble hero type thing. To give him that wrinkle was interesting. You know? People, your mileage mileage may vary, but at least it was interesting. And I think they would do the same with Ezra: is 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 to change something about his character. Maybe maybe he's maybe it's like I like I was mentioning before. Like maybe he's pals with Thrawn now. Maybe he sees things Thrawn's way. Like out in the unknown regions, that's where Thrawn is from. If that's where they are, maybe he's begun fighting at Thrawn's side on behalf of, of the Chiss. That, that, I don't know, man. He just gave up and sacrificed so much at the end of Rebels, and I'd come so far in his journey and his, uh, like his his growth, that I really, really hope that he's been true to himself. Maybe I don't, I don't know what the right word is, recluse or I don't know, uh, not cynical, but like almost like timid. Something like that. I I just don't want to see him like uh, I don't want to see his morals become come into question. Like I want his resolve to be strong. 
Yeah, again, all sorts of things could happen depending on how much time they allowed to pass. Like, if it takes... <laughs> imagine it takes uh, Ahsoka and, and Sabine 10 years to find him. He's like, what the hell, guys? Was it this hard? <laughs> it's already <laughs> been, what, uh, four? At yeah, this point? it would have been four. Like, what she... if it's, like, a full 10? And he's like, guys, come on, man. Really? Like, did it take you that long? Couldn't you have gotten a Wayfinder or something? It's so true. Like, at the end of the series where Sabine's just staring off into the distance where Ezra used to live. And she's kind of overtaking Lothal for its protection. Ahsoka so- shows up and just bangs her cane twice. And like, you're right. Maybe we should go look for Ezra. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have spent years that... here just waiting for him to turn yeah. up. Maybe we should have left a couple years ago. Because his last words are what? Like, uh... Wait for me or something uh, like that, or come find me. Exactly, come find me. <laughs> like after four years, like yeah, maybe we should get around to doing that now, eh? <laughs> I guess whatever. War times, crazy times. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. With myhealthpolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including zero-dollar monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. Anyway, more crazy times as uh, we're starting to get some rumblings about Project Luminous. We've been promised official info sometime early in 2020, but now websites of repute are getting some scoops and some dirt and zero.hu dropped a big scoop uh, over the weekend that outlined in broad strokes sort of the the scope of project luminous and we we already knew that this was sort of a multi-publisher event of like some pretty significant magnitude Uh, but it's also now uh, like a multi-platform event with with video games kicking off the project and all of it is sort of in a a big effort to build up to the next series of films. So uh, some some of the bullet points from the piece. Uh, Supposedly, Disney is also feeling that its current path with movies has flaws and has therefore started designing a huge project which would result in making the future of the Star Wars franchise similar to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, These stories are set three to four hundred years before the Skywalker saga. The plot would involve a group of Jedi setting out to explore the then-unknown regions of the galaxy. The Jedi would get involved in numerous adventures and conflicts with three different types of enemies, the darkest being ancient evils, Sith gods of some sort. And as far as we know, these stories would be separate, but also connected similar to the MCU. The more one would see, the more it could be enjoyed, with the different plots culminating in the style of the Avengers movies. The main Jedi characters would also have different strengths and powers, similar to superheroes. It's a very interesting report there. Stuff that we've kind of spoken about as a fandom, especially when Kevin Feige Feige came aboard. Should they, you know, should we approach Star Wars with the MCU template of a bunch of little standalones building up to a multi-team event? And uh, Star Wars fandom was was kind of split on that. But Carlos, what are you feeling from all these bullet points and, and insights from Zero Dot HU? Um, 
there's just one thing like if they're going to talk start talking about Sith like you're you're retconning now uh a line from the prequels where they say the Sith have been extinct for a millennia mm-hmm. so it's like okay so w- w- why are these why 400 years ago are they talking about it like what what's like, I mean, we know that the Sith is not extinct, but the Jedi Order thinks it's extinct. So, I don't know. It's it's a it's a little it's touchy. It you is. know when you st- when you start talking about that type of stuff. Uh, unless, of course, you know, there's like a you can always do the the good old mind wipe. You know, <laughs> if the mind wipe, you know, like Yoda's mind gets wiped out because Yoda's get, uh, alive in that timeline. So, um. The, it could explain a little bit more, but for me, it feels like it's just one big retcon at that point. Um, it doesn't mean it's not going to be good. It just, you know, then you have to, you know, well, they'll have some, some explaining to do. Yeah. Lucy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, cause there were no openly active Sith as far as the Jedi knew for a thousand years. So they're going to have to loophole their way or really explain their way into these Sith personalities of, of the saga. Like, if the movie, if these movies take place in the unknown regions, then perhaps it's as simple as the Jedi from the prequel era never heard about them. So the the Jedi from this potential saga, they go out there, they encounter these Sith, they never come back. Yeah, they never bring the news back. Yeah, that could be one way to do it. Um, and that's that's clean and simple. <laughs> you know? Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It makes it makes the galaxy uh, bigger, which is cool. I mean, we, that's always been a complaint: is that everything f- feels so small. For sure. Um, but but it, I mean, I, I think look, it's more Star Wars. I'm happy, you know. And are we? Do we know that this is um, apparently the template that was uh, the Dungeons and Dragons guys? Yeah. So. Well, c- coming to that, so MSW followed up that scoop uh, with some more info that seems to corroborate the whole thing. And so Jason over at MSW is hearing that it's a series of movies and not a trilogy set in that same three to four hundred years before the Skywalker saga. Um, and what they're, I guess, I don't know if Jason was calling it this or what he's hearing it's being called. I think it's what he's hearing it being called as the High Republic years. Yeah. Era. Yeah, some, the High Republic era. Um, yeah, I thought there was like peace for a millennia, though. Well, again, if this is out in the unknown regions, so it's it sounds yeah. more and more like this will be a self-contained thing where I like that stuff never like the news of what happens in this saga maybe never makes its way back into the the galaxy that we know, the known galaxy. That's true. Or maybe there's you know like we we get connective tissue with like a Plagueis or maybe because Exocol is in the unknown regions, right? Yep. Yep. Maybe that maybe there's something to do with that. Like that'd be great. That would be yeah, absolutely great. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. I know people are now talking about Yoda, because I, I think one of the two reports mentioned how Yoda Yoda was still a Jedi, so I don't know if people are just running with the idea that Yoda will be in it. And he very well might, but if you do bring Yoda in, now you've kind of put yourself into a corner because there's yeah. a guy who would know. Like if he's part of, if he's with these Sith or battling Sith in these unknown regions, 
and then comes back to the council chamber and is like, meh, yeah, no, no, they're extinct. Like, that's, I know he's old, and he's he's been through a lot, but to, to have forgotten that would be a big deal. Yeah, hashtag not my Yoda. Yeah, you know, big time. Got to be very that careful with that. Unless, the, like, like I said, there's like a mind wipe thing happening, you know? Yeah. But, uh, that, that would suck. Yoda was a double agent the whole time. <laughs> what do you think, Corey? How do, how do you how, how do you feel about this kicking off sort of like if this is the movie that kicks off in 2022? How do you feel about having to maybe play a video game or read a bunch of comics and books sort of running up to this? Is that something you're down with or are you like, oh, what the hell, man? Like, should, I should be able to get everything out of the movie. Yeah, I'm kind of like, what the hell a bit? I do, don't get me wrong, I, I would like to play the video games. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. Comics, I'll read them. But yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. It's going to be a tough uh, go for Disney or Lucasfilm to kind of, what they have to do here is they have to establish these characters that we love if they want to have these different movies that interconnect, right? Now, they don't have these established characters like the MCU does. Will they be able to kind of give them a foundation so quickly in comics and video games? I don't think so, to be honest. So they're going to have to create some really lovable characters that have a strong base. And I don't know, there's something people can love and appreciate quickly. Well, to I mean, we, we to grew to make these stories make. We grew to appreciate the you know, Han, Luke, Chewie, Leia, although like in the span of two hours in A New Hope. It doesn't take long to to get endeared to characters. No, I agree. Like Mandalorian, where it happens all the time, even the sequel trilogy as well. But yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting way to tackle Star Wars. We talked about it in the past. Kevin Feige coming on board kind of makes sense when you know, like they said in the article with the D and D thing. You know, them having this. A series of films we had no idea what that really necessarily meant but it looks like they're going to try and build this uh like an end game kind of deal you know like have several different films and it all culminate in the climax within the, the unknown regions which is pretty interesting like i thought the setting was a little too soon i was hoping for something much prior to three to four hundred years i was, I was hoping gonna for ask many you. many I was going to ask you that. Like, how do you, I, I knew you probably weren't going to like this. I, I know you've wanted like thousands of years before. Yeah, I was down for uh, anything past a thousand just so that there was no chance that a Yoda could. Like, yeah, exactly. Shoehorn. That was kind of like the buffer, right? Like, that's, yeah. I guess that's kind of like, yeah, with this, the back of my head, that's probably what I was thinking as well. But does what they kind of mentioned as well, which is kind of interesting, even though, again, it's only like three to four hundred years. But we're bound to see these new settings in a new era, which is kind of what Lucas did with the Phantom Menace, which is really interesting and exciting. Whereas like the sequel trilogy kind of just regurgitated things that we knew and loved, gave us a few new things here and there. But like I'm really anxious to see like uh, just architecturally just Star Wars stuff, you know, Macquarie stuff. Uh, I've been yearning for that for a while. But uh the video game thing kind of throws me off. I mean, I know they did that with the Matrix trilogy, right? And it worked, but I mean, you could still watch the movies without necessarily having played them, but it was a big part of it as well. Yeah. One of the things from the, from the MSW report is that this, this would be picking up the pieces of what the, uh, 
Dungeons and Dragons guys were kind of working on. And the aesthetic that they were looking towards was was more towards prequel look, which makes sense. I mean, going backwards to that era of Star Wars. Um, so, which, so, you know, if I want a new look to Star Wars, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's a tough ask because it needs to feel like Star Wars, but also different. You know, like I, it's a, it's a, t- it's a tall order. I think they'll play off motifs more primarily, like you said, from the uh, prequel trilogy. Yeah, I think that's gonna I'm be interesting, with. man. Like, like the, during the, like we said, this millennia of peace and prosperity, like right smack dab in the middle of it all, must have been its peak, more or less, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the big thing for me is I, I kind of don't want to see anybody that we know, and I know that Yoda's around. I know that uh, who knows who else is around. What other, could Plagueis be that old that he's around? Um, Maz Kanata's around. Could she kind of kick around in this trilogy and just be up to whatever hijinks she'd be up to? Hey, you know what? Maybe they can kind of play on words on this. Like maybe they find Yoda and bring him back to the Jedi Order. Because we well, we don't necessarily know. We can kind of hypothesize at this point that his planet, wherever he comes from, is quite well hidden, quite possibly within this unknown region area. But, you know, he's kind of stated, yeah, like I've taught lessons for this long, but maybe he's teaching lessons on his world the way he sees the Force kind of, you know? Yeah, well, I guess if, if – again, like the this guy's coming about back Sith gods, us. right? The report does mention sort of Sith. And Yoda sitting there saying, "Yeah, no, they've been extinct for millennia." If he knows that not to be true, I mean, there's true. there's a big, from a certain point of view, thing going on again, which I I kind of don't want to have to deal with anymore. At least at, at least at this point, prove me wrong, Lucasfilm, but I don't want to have to go, guys. What what are you doing? You have a story group for this, anyway. But the, I think the biggest thing for me is is the. You know, the, the mentions of MCU style universe, you know, and, and we talked about it at length at one point, like, should they do this? Should they follow that template? It's proven successful. Um, we had varying answers. Yeah, go for it. Whatever. Who cares? To no, Star Wars is its own thing. Let Marvel be its own thing. And Star Wars leads and everybody else follows. Whatever. It's, it's interesting to me now that all the news about Benioff and Weiss leaving, Kevin Feige coming in. Now there's this rumor of a project following an MCU style template. Like I wonder if this is a Feige thing. I wonder if he's been called upon to sort of oversee this type of of saga unfold in Star Wars. It it seems it makes sense. It seems too much of a coincidence for all these factors exactly. to be lining up. So, he's the man. Like the like Disney has proven time and time again that or Lucasfilm as well. Like they are going off to the top dogs, man. You know what I mean? They're going to go off to the people that have proven themselves prior. Sure. For sure. And they've promised, um, January 20, uh, this year, this month as, as the month where they would officially announce. So it sounds like the smoke is starting to flare up. So if this report is correct, I mean, sometime in the next three and a half weeks, we should have some sort of official confirmation, at which point we'll have this conversation again, <laughs> maybe in a little more depth if we have more info. 
but it looks like something's happening and I, it could have the an MCU flavor to it. It might even have like the head honcho of MCU studios, which, which is interesting because he just took a, a huge promotion there. Like he's now in charge of, of Marvel publishing. He's in charge of all the TV now, all the movies. So I don't know, maybe it's biting off too much for him to bring him over to Star Wars as well, even as a producer, which is a nebulous kind of role to begin with. But I'm I'm looking forward to it big time. Like I was not I didn't have a strong preference as to what era of the of the Star Wars timeline we'd explore. Uh just as just as long as we stick a, stay away from the Skywalkers, which I think we can accomplish here. But anyway, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks if they if this gets uh, confirmed or not. And story group, don't let this get messy on us, please. You got to keep. I mean, there'd be no excuse, right? There'd no, be no excuse. man, there is no exactly. There would be absolutely no excuse to let this get away from them. I, I can understand, like, you know how they've said that they're walking away from, or they're not going to shackle themselves to like a, a, a trilogy framework anymore. So whatever that means, to me, what if what if they don't necessarily they they talk about the rule of two and stuff, but what if in the unknown regions? Because we've seen prior uh, people practicing either the light or dark side of the force who aren't necessarily uh, Sith or Jedi. I mean, that can possibly to play here too as a loophole. Well, yeah, they've talked about how there's possibly three different types of evils that they'll encounter here with the Sith gods being sort of the, the top dogs, but who knows what that means below that. Anyway, this is exciting stuff, but yeah, like you said, like this can't get messy, please. I mean, there's n- absolutely no reason for this. This should be like a clean start for star Wars with uh, a, a, like a tight timeline with no gaps and no question marks. Like, please, 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 if if the if um the 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 idea of the story came from Benioff and Weiss and Kevin Feige's overseeing the whole thing as the as let's say the series runner, I'm feeling good about. I have a good feeling about this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I mean it's more Star Wars. <laughs> it's it, 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 one way or another. It's going to be a gift that we never thought we'd get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, you know after forty-two years and nine movies, it's easy to see how the Skywalker saga kind of mushroomed out into this unwieldy beast, and it's going to take us into what uh, I guess our main topic for today. Uh, I, I just you know it, in the fallout of the rise of Skywalker, the closing of the sequel trilogy, I want to kick around for like a half hour or so, like. Is this sequel trilogy essential to the Star Wars saga? And I don't know if this dust has settled enough for us to have this chat yet, or if we've taken in the movie enough, or this the, the trilogy enough. But is this sequel trilogy, episodes 7 through 9, vital to the overall saga? Like, do, do episodes 1 through 6 benefit from the existence of 7 through 9, or does this trilogy feel tacked on to what came before, as an exercise of milking the cow. So who wants to <laughs> who wants to have their hot take out there first? Let's, let's just preface the conversation by saying this, okay? Canon is canon, and you cannot deny canon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you can ignore. That's fine. But, but yeah, and a lot I of mean, people choose to do that. That's pretended ignorant. Well, I'm, for, for, if someone goes, oh, the, the saga ended for me with with episode six. Good for you, pal. Great. But if if somebody, I mean, whatever. I mean, you just just don't engage with these people. If they say, well, these these episodes seven through nine aren't canon to me. Uh, well, yes, they're enjoy canon. Your alternate just... reality. Exactly. That's exactly what it is because they exist. Fact, you cannot deny that. You could choose not to like them and like Star Wars up to episode six or whatever it is, but I know they're absolutely canon. It's it's. No, Disney Star Wars isn't canon. It is. It is. Like, just we're not going to even have this discussion. It, it is. So, Corey, since you uh, you piped up first, uh, are, is the sequel trilogy essential to the saga? It's tough to say, man. Like, we were parched for Star Wars at the time, right? Like, once we knew Disney bought Lucasfilm, like it was just a matter of time. I mean, we we've gotten a lot of content, but. Uh, to launch their new era, I guess, yeah, they needed to tack it on to the characters we knew and loved. And that's kind of the way it feels to me at this point. Yes, they did some beautiful things along the way, some amazing characters that we've grown to love, great arcs. But, uh, I mean, doesn't necessarily seem necessary. I, I love what they did with certain aspects. But overall, it was, like you said, an exercise in uh, getting the machine started again. What's your take, Carlos? Definitely tacked on. Um, was it necessary? I don't believe it was necessary. Uh, we were told for uh, 25 years that it was over. So it doesn't mean I, I don't relish in the expanded story. It doesn't feel like... Um, uh, I want to be careful with the word I choose here, but um, uh, homogenous story. Yeah. It's a good word. Thank you. So you, yeah. So you feel like you, yeah, you came right out and said it. It, it feels tacked on. Um, it, 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 it's such a complicated feeling that i've got right now about this sequel trilogy because i love the movies like the again these are gifts i never thought i'd get but i i agree i don't think they do a lot to build on episodes one through six i I don't think they're essential if i had to be brutally honest about it you know like i one of the things that they, they did give us resolution on was luke and leia kind of that skywalker the way they handled everything with that was one of the big highlights and pluses for the entire saga was the way they handled Han, uh, uh, Ben, like Kylo, Ray, Luke and Leia. The way that was wrapped up and became the Rise of Skywalker kind of made uh, – it gave it a pass for me. You know what I mean? Like that was done well. Was it necessarily necessary? Again, uh, I don't necessarily know that, but – it's great to watch, like what you just said, Kyle, in the sense that we didn't think we were getting any more Star Wars in general. So we were parched, we were thirsty. It was like, give it to us. And uh, I, again, I think it could have been better, but I've loved it for what it was. 
for so many different reasons. Well, yeah, like I, I've loved all three movies for different reasons. I love all the characters. You know, uh, they're such great movies to watch. There's, there, I have so much fun. I get so many different emotions pulled out of me depending on what I'm watching. Um. I mean, again, like they, they do tie in in many, many ways. And I, Corey, I like what you said specifically about Luke and Leia and Han and seeing how their stories come to an end. I think that in itself is makes it worth it. But if these movies never existed at all, like we still have the great Skywalker saga. So, you know, that said, I, I, I do think they make some things better. But uh, I, we're, we're kind of in agreement here. I was hoping one of us would be like, no, this is these are absolutely essential. Because really, the idea was to uh, kind of define the legacy of of Vader and Anakin, and I think they did that. But I don't know that if it was played up as much as it could have been. Yes. You know, I, I, again, because like Anakin was really not mentioned much at all in in Rise of Skywalker. We hear his, we hear Hayden's voice, but we don't. I think they could have gone a long way if somehow, some way, there was a Anakin Ben Solo interaction. Just to yeah, close the fact that. He, like, for me, the whole thing about this film that, uh, as the final final film, bringing Palpatine back was a big ask. Like, they just expected you right away to be like, "Boom, he's back! It's happening! It's in the crawl!" And here we go! It's on! Like right off the bat. Just right there, it was very jarring. So, you know what's funny that, though? Like, sometimes I think fans are like the worst people to have that chat with because we're like, well, what the hell? How does that happen? Blah, blah, blah. But anybody else I've spoken to about the movie who's a fan, but not so up in it like we are, they've been like, oh, cool. They brought back the Emperor. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> uh, like, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, you're watching the films. We've got this, this prophecy thing, man, with Anakin. Like, if you brought Palpatine back, you should have had Anakin in a more prominent role as well. Maybe not necessarily so much so as the the Emperor, but uh, you said, Kyle, at least one scene with Ben or Ray or something at the end. Or yeah, like, I don't I'm know, man. A tough time like, swallowing how Anakin and Ben Solo never interacted. I mean, it's not to say it's never happened, but for it not to have happened as far as we know, over the course of these three movies, like that to me is very weird. Well, I think you can kind of assume something that Ben was shrouded, right? Like no, nothing can get through to him. Even if Anakin was maybe trying to like the emperor had some kind of, or Snoke, whoever it was, had some kind of control over him to make him see, like he heard Vader's voice just wasn't really Anakin. But like even in his younger days as a teenager, a conflicted teenager, and again, we've not explored that, that time of, of his life, but you'd think that at some point Anakin would be like, Hey kid, I recognize this in you. All right. Well, Palpatine says it in the movie that uh, every voice you've ever heard has been me. But does that preclude another voice reaching him? I, I I don't know. I, I just take it on face value that every voice he's ever heard has been Palpatine. Because eventually Leia gets through to him on the bridge or on the wreckage of Death Star. 
Yeah, she gets. To, you know what? That's a good. That's a good shout. You see, so she she gets through to him, uh, and he also feels her uh, in the Last Jedi. Um, yeah, when she's in the uh, she's in the bridge. Yeah, so I don't know. He, he's, a, he's attuned to this stuff, or you know, it it seems possible. But anyway, let's 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 cut to this just like this point. Like, what what is made better? about the Skywalker saga by the existence of uh, episodes seven through nine. And we've already mentioned sort of extending the arcs of our old favorites in some challenging and uncomfortable ways. Um, I think that's really important though, to build on that. Just, you know, even Chewbacca as well. Like some things were a little too fan servicey, but he got a good arc as well. Uh, just really that, that was wrapped up really nicely like especially with Carrie Fisher's passing what they did at the end on Tatooine that it was a bit of a saving grace kind of and Ben's character as well like just they handled Raylo I was so worried about that you know like I still don't necessarily get it very confusing to me as a male but uh what they done with it was absolutely perfect for me in my opinion I think they just really nailed it. Well, I think it's safe uh, to say it's a compromise. Exactly. <laughs> Which, it does seem like this. In, that, that's fair is fair, man. Like if I could say, hey, you know, like I was very adamantly against this whole thing very much happening. Like, but the way that they did it, they brought me around, man. They just, you know, like you felt all along, you kind of felt bad for Ben. And I always knew this was in his heart and it was coming. But uh, to have that moment where he smiles and realizes himself that, you know, this is what I've waited for. This is my belonging. This is that moment, you know, it was perfect. Like he had it had to go down like that. I agree. And that was super emotional for me. Like I, I loved it. But there are a uh, lot of people who disagree. <laughs> That's but, fine. I mean, it, it is. But, it's, uh, it is def- definitely fine. It's fine to disagree, but. But man, I want to say this too as well. Like, fandom has really let me down as well in a big way. Like, man, people, oh, I was really hoping this film would not necessarily unite people. After I saw the film, I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. Well, that's why I think but, the compromise solution is was not a good one because for for a lot of people, just them kissing and sort of cementing that bond, that romantic bond, was too much, and so they, it turned those people off. And then you had a bunch of other people who because you killed Ben Solo and didn't let them live happily ever after, now you pissed them off. So you tried to give everybody a little bit of something, and you made nobody happy. so Star Wars, man. No, the way it happened with Leia involved, him giving his last bit of life force to Rey, you know, fulfilling that prophecy in the sense of Anakin bringing back the one he loved. You know, it's very reminiscent of Revenge of the Sith where you see Anakin choked out Padme, right? And she's laying there where this is the exact opposite. His grandson is holding the one that he's been uh, torturing this whole time and brings her back to life. No, that I, I is agree poetry. with you. Again, we're, we're echo chambering here because I think, again, the, my only other point of, of what's made better by the existence of these movies is that uh, grandfather to grandson through line. Which again, I, before I said like there wasn't enough of it with with the absence of Anakin talking to Ben, but I think to have 
you know, Anakin fighting to save Padme for entirely selfish reasons uh, to Ben selflessly giving himself up for Rey. Like that, I think that's a great full circle of the family saga, which is what this is about. So, and then adopting the Skywalker name is very Bowtie-ish, and I, I thought that was very fitting. It was a saving grace. Yeah. So, I mean, and those are, I mean, it's not a lot of things, but I think they're two big things that make the saga better. But yet, I still can't shake the feeling, and maybe it's because these movies are still so new. You know, maybe in twenty years they'll feel seamless. But it still it still feels tacked on. Like we still hold that a bit. Are we talking ourselves into? No, they're not tacked on. They're actually kind of important. Anything you want to add, Carlos? Anything that makes these movies make what? What about seven through nine make one through six better? Uh, you guys, you you nailed it uh, on the head there with the um, uh, Ben fulfilling that. The, the the reason for Vader's for Anakin's turn to the dark side was to save the ones he loved from dying, and Ben actually does it when Anakin was never able to. Uh, for for me, that's that's the through line from from one to Anakin couldn't save his mother, couldn't save Padme, uh, and Ben when he decides to embrace the light is able to do it uh, as a sacrifice and as a, a, a selfless act where Anakin was just selfish. And the, and the only time he sacrificed himself was after he was at the brink of death uh, and watching his son pleading for him to help him. Like <laughs> it, it wasn't uh uh, Anakin's not a good dude, guys. <laughs> you know, he wasn't. Uh, he was a troubled child, and uh, he he went through a lot. But um, he's not the role model we all need to look up to. You know, I think that's more Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and for sure. Anakin went off the. He 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 skewed way off the path. Like, yeah. taking him away yeah. from his mother was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, in the end, it worked out okay, which I guess is will of the Force, but. Uh, ripping him away from his mom like that was probably not the best. Like that was probably the first domino to fall in in what would become like you know a, a long string of events that damaged him to the point where he saw no other options but to take things into his own hands and, and turn to evil. Yeah. Anyway, um, getting the I'll say a positive thing. Getting uh what makes it worth it. Getting to see the fates of the Falcon. Chewie and Poe, or not Chewie, uh, not Poe. Oh, jeez. Uh, Lando? Uh, Lando, that was a bit tacked on. I have to say, in the, in the cons, the fact that Janna is her his daughter is very, very not good. That was very <laughs> poorly handled. Wow. This has been very poorly handled. Well, uh, besides the Janna and Lando connection, which I feel was a little forced, uh, I like the way they handled Billy D. Williams in this movie. I think it was great. Yes. Uh, yes. It it uh, it's it wasn't beyond what the character uh, was able to do. Uh, it didn't feel like they were, um, uh, you know, just shoehorning him there. It, it felt natural. He felt. What, it felt what, what about right. this? 
I, I've I've heard this argument, and I kind of thought of it myself as well after seeing the movie the first time. Um, you know, what's the difference between Leia calling out to the entire galaxy asking for help, and then Chewie and Lando being able to to get out there and be like, "Hey guys, this is it." One is a coded message. And the other is them going and saying the battle's happening now. We we can we can end this now. It wasn't about Leia's message was we need help, and it was a coded message. Lando and Chewie going like out was everyone. we can end we can yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's it's we can end this now. And yeah. also that the, the it, line they should have Poe, played up on that a bit more. Like like they should have been like the princess is dead. Or you should have seen them at least what they were saying to people, you know, or how they were doing it, like rallying everyone. Well, uh, you know, it's it's obvious that there's a lot of footage cut from the movie, and I, you know, I read a really great piece um, where the the editor Marianne Brandon was interviewed. I forget the name of the site, but it was like a, a website for film editors, and they were just really dead set on trying to keep the movie tightly focused to Ray, and they didn't want to take any side tangents for any more exposition so like to to cut away to find out what lando said and how he brought all those ships in like that felt not that she cited this specifically but she has said it in that interview like it, this particular thing felt like a distraction and i, I see if, that if anybody could convince somebody to come it's lando we've yeah, seen it and Chewie. he's a he's smooth persuasive. talker he's persuasive He's a smooth talker. Donald Glover does a really good job with that. Also in in Solo, uh, portraying that part of 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 Lando Calrissian. So it's like, you know what? I th- I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. Like there was, we didn't need to see more. Yeah. Uh, no. As far as the movie goes, no, you don't. You didn't need to see more. That said, I do want to see where he went and how he rallied these people. Like I'm, I would love to see that in a comic. But we agreed, we don't didn't need that in the film. No, not in the film. We needed more. How did how did Palpatine survive? <laughs> I think we, yeah. that's what, that's what that we was the one us. thing that you know. Even from the Force Awakens, we you could say that there were breadcrumbs, I guess. But man, that's a reach, and they really should have kind of planted that seed early, but left us really guessing. Did they really mean that, or you know? And then we get the confirmation finally in the trailer of this with a laugh. Then we all would have been like, oh, they've kind of been hinting toward this. This was kind of like, like even the author to The Last Jedi uh, behind the novelization, what's his name? Jason Fry, I believe. Yep. yep. He wrote a paragraph that kind of like, you know, it's all left to interpretation, whatever, but it straight up says that Luke and her are talking. He's like, you're not royalty. You're not this. You're not that. You're absolutely nobody. You know what I mean? It's like, wah, wah. <laughs> From a certain point of view, I mean, she did kind of discard it as, as refuse in the desert. But, like, he, they're, they're clearly talking about her bloodline, you know what I mean? Like, granted, okay, is an emperor royal? I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. We also, I don't know that we know when Luke finds out about her. You know? But, like... Even the narration is like Luke clearly senses that like, you know, there's nothing up with this girl. Like she's a nobody. Well, I mean, this, and this is one of the reasons why we'll never get a making of book. 
this whole thing about the, the overarching plan from the start, which it seems more and more apparent that there wasn't much of one. There may have been for Ray and Kylo to some extent, maybe more specifically with with uh, Ben Kylo. But um, you know, if JJ had written, he wrote Force Awakens obviously with with others, and had his outlines for where the trilogy would go. Whether or not Palpatine was in those outlines, I have no idea. But if if it wa- if he was, and then Ryan decided to go down the nobody path. And you know, given the extent to which he cleared the table in the Last Jedi and and did what he did, man, like I, it, not that it there changes how I feel about the Last Jedi that. because I still love that movie. But man, did he take a left turn and leave things in the lurch? Yeah, but still, there was a lot of potential there for many different aspects that this didn't necessarily need to involve Palpatine. Like well, again, you could have had we, we that, to, that, that all those crazy. Like, well, I'm just saying, like we need we we come back to the point where we needed another villain above Kylo, the real puppet master, and who who was it going to be? Like you weren't going to introduce somebody new, and it can't be Plagueis, you know? Because then if it it could have been it could have been something as simple as, you know, Kylo still going on this Wayfinder mission to find this temple on Exegol and unleashing something that was way beyond his capabilities. And, you know, like something like that. And then the, the diet has to come to the fore to uh, snuff them out. And I don't know. Uh, just I, I, I still liked my original idea of there being two factions in the First Order and it being torn apart from the inside. And then Kylo uh, having to save Rey because she was captured. Like just something. I think that's better. No. But, but guess you what? You think people are getting- Kylo's going to save Rey because she's been captured. Wah, wah. It's totally the other way around. Okay. Well, by well, the I'm end, just, Kylo I, is I, saving Rey. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. But like, all I was that would not go over well. Say, if you would have let me finish, what I was going to say was, it doesn't matter what I wanted the movie to be because that's not what the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying when, you know, bad guy comes no, around. No, nobody wants to hear what you have to say, hero. Corey, because you like to interrupt people. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but I, I, I know what you mean, man. People wouldn't, that, that would not go over well with people right now. Like the way that Ray's been the heroine and then Kylo's been the bad guy and then the bad guy comes back to rescue the heroine all along, like. People be like, "This is not." Ah, uh, would not go over well. And there's all that to say that it doesn't matter how I would have finished a movie, or how you would have finished a movie, or how you would have done anything differently, because yeah. the movie is what the movie is. Canon is canon. You cannot deny canon. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I wish again, I wish there had been some more concrete evidence that Palpatine was back. I don't have a problem that he's back, and I don't have a problem with uh, the explanation that the the dark side is a pathway to many abilities. That, to me, is enough that the old sorcerer would find a way. It's just it's those tubes, man, behind him. It's so Teenage Mutant Digitals to me, you know. The ooze, the strip of the ooze, like, however they reanimated him, you know. Yeah, Sith alchemy. Like it's you know it's it's, it's stuff that we've seen. It, it, you know, every time we saw Palpatine like over a cauldron conjuring stuff, it felt weird to me. 
I like that. I like the sorcery part of that, of the but Sith, it, this especially. But ca- this, this plays into that now for me. Like, whatever whatever brought Palpatine back, all this magic and, and like wizardry that they've been getting at with rebels and uh, to, in the Clone Wars to another extent, it it works to, for me. I, I didn't yeah. need a ton of explanation. And I'm sure we'll get that explanation anyway, to which most people go, mm-hmm. Like, that's dumb. Nice try, Lucasfilm. Because that's just what fans do now. Too little, too late, jerks. <laughs> the, the the part that really, I'd say, was very Ghostbusters to me, where Palpatine's sucking their life force. He's like, oh, and he never even knew about the dyad in the first place. He's only figuring it out at that moment. And he's like, ooh, double whammy. <laughs> Ooh, it was like Vigo Carpathian or whatever it is, you know? The we watched that this weekend. Twice, actually. Nice. <laughs> yes, we, we, sat, very, we watched Ghostbusters you, 2 twice this weekend. That You heard you that correctly. The connection? To me, do you well, see the parallel to, a bit? Want, well, I don't know. He wants to, to possess. Become, he wants to take Oscar's no, body. The, uh, yeah, he, gets, he needs his life force to become alive again. Sure, whatever. And I'm, I'm sure Ghostbusters 2 is not the only story where, uh, you know, inhabiting another body is is what's required for the evil to return. You know anyway. what I like about the whole, uh, like, uh, Palpatine? I mean, they. I don't know if they went back and had Kylo talk about the dyad, bef- like, beforehand, but I think that makes it so much better than just Palpatine bringing it up. For sure. Uh, you know. I don't. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, had. and I like that Kylo's keeping it to himself. Like he thinks he he's going to be the guy to fool Palpatine. Yeah, he's never on board with Palpatine. I, I like that. Yep, I love. Those, I, I, I love like that, that line too. Beat too. I, I I killed Snoke. I'll kill you. I love that. I love how he's just so bold in the face of Palpatine. Anyway, it's anyway, funny too. No, let's just skip <laughs> to the end here. Let's let's talk about what is <laughs> what's weakened by the existence of episodes seven through nine. Okay, this kind of plays besides into that. the obvious. Remember that time where you know basically Kylo gives up the ways of the Sith and the dark side and blah blah blah. He throws his lightsaber into the ocean. And he's like, "I'm going to go attack the biggest threat in the universe, barehanded. <laughs> Let's bare knuckle box, Palpatine." <laughs> like, but he knows Ray's he there. He could have kept his lightsaber. Yeah, but he knows like, Ray's he there. Still. You needed that moment. You needed that moment where he tosses the saber. I agree. But they could have made the connection, too, again, that Ray's saber is Kylo's saber. That's a missed opportunity. It could have. I, but in, my head canon, it, in my head canon, it is. Yeah, like, her yeah. saber is very dark and whatnot. It's part of her staff. Like, if she was able to find the, uh, uh, was it the Wayfinder on the Death Star, I, I think she went back to that planet, grabbed Kylo's saber, Fixed it all up, healed it. That's why it's all yellowish, somewhat white. That's your head cannon. That that that's good story writing. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Disney should hire you for the next Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be three hundred, four hundred years from now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 
right. so what weakened it? Yeah, other I mean, than, there's uh, the obvious uh, of, of Anakin's... Re- or Never mind, the, re- the redemption's fine. That's untouched. Uh, the prophecy, the which prophecy. maybe is weakened. It's not nullified. It's not nullified. No, the, the, the prophecy Very is... <laughs> no, the, prophe- the prophecy is... Uh, I mean, Yoda okay. says it could have been misread, so I, I don't take anything... Of, of the prophet like uh, people who hang their hat on the prophecy have not watched these movies don't understand don't know how to listen that that's i'm a, i'm on the same page as you carlos in the sense that like i've always said that there was room in this movie to kind of incorporate the prophecy and kind of make everyone happy well, they did incorporate it every- they did yeah in because Last Jedi said, and rise of skywalker i brought balance yeah, there it is. There's a second confirmation that the prophecy was fulfilled. Two That's of just them. Anakin trying to make himself feel better. Ah, shut up, you. You and your bad Skype connection. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, dude. Like, look, opinion, no, honestly, I, what else do you want when Luke says, yes, there was balance after after Endor? and He can say whatever he wants. What happened? Okay, how old is Jenna? Put it that way. Was Lando's baby being taken away from him? Balance? You know what I mean? Like, it was, they were all messed after. It was all a mess. <laughs> sure. But balance was brought back. And again, this is not Rise of Skywalker's fault that the, the, the prophecy, the redemption, like, oh, not, again, I keep saying redemption. It's, it's not. The prophecy, peacetime, balance in the force, that isn't, destroyed because of rise of skywalker that's weakened or made less uh you know it's 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 temporary because of this trilogy as a whole like 2012 is when we should have went what about the prophecy yeah yeah but it could still they had three films to work with and we'd said the whole time that you know ray again she adopted the name of skywalker maybe she is the true chosen one but they didn't dare they weren't bold enough to really say that or ever imply that saying like, oh, we're kind of the prophecy, like Carlos just said, was misread. And it turns out this Ray girl is the actual chosen one, the offspring of Anakin, the virgins in the forest. And as, blah, soon as, blah, blah, as soon as George blah. Lucas said that Anakin was the chosen one, he did bring balance. They were never going to touch that again. Or they well, would tiptoe around it. That's, he had plans for seven, eight, nine. Yes, he did. Right? So even he Which was going to, even Lord Lucas was willing to upset the balance in the force. Okay, but it could have still played into the prophecy. You know what I mean? Who's to say? We'll never find. We'll never hear about Lucas's stories ever. Which is unfortunate. Like that's something. If I had three wishes, I think one of them wouldn't be that. <laughs> well, he put midi chlorians in there to antagonize fans for sure. Because that's the last okay word anybody wants to hear. Give me that microscopic world, man. Of whatever, I'm down. I'm so happy George Lucas has nothing to do with Star Wars anymore. That's not true. Come on, you ever seen the um, Clone Wars? Um, well, no. I, 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 let's let's uh, let's call a spade a spade, and that's uh, Filoni. No, no, that's the Clone Wars is very much Filoni and Lucas. Lucas was very hands on in there. My head cannon says you should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I watched all the <laughs> behind the scenes shit. All right, so what, what else? Sure. What else is, I mean, let's, that was the obvious one. The prophecy is, is made less of a win in retrospect of this, of this saga. But that was going to happen regardless whether Lucas was doing it, 
Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams, anybody else, you, me, whatever. That's not true. There could have been a way to loophole that whole thing. I the prophecy was very open-ended. Uh, okay. Uh, just the, in general, I just found it wasn't very cohesive. Like you had mentioned earlier, Kyle, like Ryan kind of the slate a bit, uh, but it's like they really only had this one plan in mind where it was boy meets girl, bad boy, good girl, uh, boy turns good and dies. They kiss. Like that's really what I feel like they had on paper at the beginning. And in between, uh, I don't okay, know. Well, I feel like they could have been a lot more bold with their choices and things. But can you think of anything else specifically that is weakened by the existence of seven through nine? Not really. Again, like uh, we wanted more Star Wars. I love these characters. So. And this is my point, because I don't have anything like what's weakened by their existence. Carlos, do you have anything other than this prophecy stuff? Uh, I, I could think of what other people would answer, uh, but they would be wrong. Um, <laughs> like somebody would say, oh, the force, the force is weaker uh, because now anybody could do anything without training or uh, uh, people could say that um, – uh, the first order is weaker because um, they keep using the same technology over and over and never adapt uh, and and try to change, but that'd be wrong. Um, like people, people like the healing thing. A lot of people are ha- are having a hard time with that because you know Ray so easily ha- heals the snake and this and that, and people like in previous films. Well, why did they just do this? Because they didn't know. She figured it out in these ancient books that were buried in a tree on Acto for 10,000 millennia. You know what I mean? No, it's not that. It's just some, some Jedi can tap into the Force one way. Dif- and yeah, another right. Jedi can tap into the Force different way. The, the Force powers are not equal between Force users. It's not hard. That too, that that does play a part of it. Like I, I feel the next movies, like we we're talking about uh, Project Luminous. I think we're going to get certain characters like that, where we get to see this similarity to the MCU in that this character is a healer more. This guy is the warrior guy. This guy is like the more uh, persuasive guy, or whatever it is. Each character may have their strong suit in the Force to make them, I guess, superhero. Yeah, one of, one of the ways I look at it now is like, you know, when Ray is facing off with Palpatine at the end and he's saying, ah, you're you're nothing. I am your powers mean nothing. I am all the Sith. And then she says, oh, I'm all the Jedi. That was oh, that was good. And that, well, at that point, I'm like, well, OK, it makes kind of sense. Like if she's all the Jedi, if Palpatine's saying all the Sith live in me, it makes sense that he has all the bad guy powers. And if Rey is all the Jedi, then it makes sense that she has all the good guy powers, which would involve healing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even see. I didn't even like put those two together. Like or for me, it was more of a Thanos guy. It was a Thanos and and Tony Stark thing. Yeah, there, there, there is that also very direct parallel. That was very <laughs> which was great, very considering parallel. is one of the best movies ever. Yeah, for sure. Oh. You're talking about the I am inevitable. Yeah. And I am Iron Man. Yeah, Snap. 
great moments. Great moments in both movies. Um, but it's funny because we're sitting here going, you know, aside from the prophecy, which at at worst was weakened, which was inevitable anyway from the minute they they talked about doing these movies. That's an op- that's an opinion. <laughs> I, I suppose it is, but I mean. It, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to work through what George Lucas himself said, and yeah, but mini- you got to get that whole George Lucas thing out of your head. Like, no, I don't. Exists. No, I don't. He, yeah, I know. I know. Corey, he no. sold it, bro. Yeah, he sold Corey, the company. I know they sold it, but they've said over and over that they're going to like honor the the spirit of the thing. They're not going to. They're not ever you know they going to take that they apart. They wiped their butts with his script, and they put it in the garbage. His ideas oh, for seven, eight, nine. stop. Are you watching YouTube now? Get out of here with this. You just said it yourself. His thing was based on Metachlorians, and I've heard the same rumor. Yeah, but what is this? this, this they wiped their butts with his script and threw it in the garbage. Man, go back to YouTube with that trash. Okay, well, they did not take many of his ideas. We'll put it that way. No, they didn't. Because if it was involving Metachlorians, it could have very well played back into the prophecy. Again, like, unless we're going to erase what happened in Return of the Jedi, like, actually... We have, like you guys said, we have cloning technology. We have all these different things, like reincarnation, all the Jedi living in her. There's different ways to make the prophecy work and reinterpret it to be like, Anakin and Rey together were both the chosen one. You know, and everybody in between, Rey or uh, Luke and They weren't going to do that because George kind of made it black and white it's done it's the prophecy is fulfilled and well, they, then like you said the, the whole thing from the beginning is doomed to fail from that standpoint well then that's that's why we're having this chat right and i'm sure we'll talk about it again i know I, and that's why i was hoping they'd be open-minded enough to open that up and be like yes the prophecy was a very open-ended thing and uh you know anakin had his part in it and he's still at the top of that they could have written it where he is still that guy I mean, to, the, the cheat to me is Palpatine. Like, of course, it's that's the Palpatine saga. No. <laughs> oh my god. It's well, no, it isn't because Ray chooses her name and whatever. But it really, it was just to me. It, it just they could have went a different route with the villain. They really could have with this. This like, what do we do? I don't know. Sure, but again, here, okay, here we are at the end. We're kind of nitpicking about about uh, the prophecy, but that's the only thing that we can come up with that was weakened. But we came up with a, at least a couple of things that was strengthened. Yet our overall assessment is that these movies aren't necessary. It's a weird thing. The math on this is weird. Yeah, because I, like we said earlier, all three of us agreed that it felt tacked on. Yes, it does. But it, but then we, we got a little deeper into it and felt how in ways it made things stronger, but didn't have nearly the same amount of input as to why it's weaker. Like, I'm not saying we're wrong or you're wrong or whatever. Like, we've... we've, we've I, I feel it's because they weren't bold enough to make certain choices, to be honest. I, I Like you said earlier, I think they tried to please too many different people. At the same time, and didn't take a real stand in this film, so they weren't able to bring things full circle. 
where they really could have. I think the to me personally, when I look at the chalkboard or whatever the blank slate they had uh, left for them in this, I think they still could have done it and cohesively tied all nine him films together a little more neatly. Whereas again, they did it in a, in a from a certain point of view with the Skywalker family. But uh, well, again, I just right, think like, it could have been nicer. All of our old favorites, all of their arcs were brought to a great close. And the Skywalker family was brought to a great close with Ben doing what Anakin set out to do from the start. So, I mean, the yeah, but boat like, is there. So six did that, you know, like Luke and Leia at the end are together. They're Luke looks onto his dad. Like that's, it was bon voyage from there too, you know? Yeah, I know. But again, we're, we're talking about a, a strong ending of, of the Skywalker's finish in peace and, Ben does what Anakin couldn't, and it's a great dovetailing of of grandson to grandfather. But yet we're going, it feels tacked on. And I'm not saying we're wrong, because I think it does feel a bit tacked on. But maybe that's just the newness of it, the relative newness of it still. Because I think if we had had this chat in 2005, we would have said, well, the prequels, to me, don't really mesh well with the originals. But now they've really mesh quite well so maybe it's a, it's a it's a thing of time where they just, i think it's we need to live with these movies for a decade an, the prequels it was almost more of an aesthetic thing and stylistic but, yeah true but this didn't pull any punches in that regard it it just kind of wasn't bold in that regard it didn't try to do anything new technologically or architecturally it really just kind of regurgitated a lot of the stuff from the OT and stuff we we're familiar with. Well, I mean, there's great no doubt too, a lot you know? of this. I mean, we're going to have to accept the reality that as, as, as Star Wars being under the Disney umbrella, they are beholden to stakeholders who want ROI in a big way. And an easy way to do it in this saga was to do a lot of farming and mining on the iconography and nostalgia of it. Maybe we're done. Maybe we're done with that now. I hope we are. I wanted, I wanted to touch on that earlier in the sense that you know, with this film, uh, meeting deadlines with these films has been a problem. Like you got, you said, Kyle, for the investors, they want their return. But from an audience point of view, this film could have waited till Christmas of next year for all I care. You know what I mean? If the story would have been more cohesive, it would have been a longer wait for us. Granted, that's fine. I love a good wait. We would have been we would have been going crazy for it at that point. And I could have, as a as a fan, I think uh, you're willing to wait for that extra juice. You know, the juice is worth the squeeze if they just would have taken their time with it a little more, as opposed to being uh, having a gun against their head. You know, I I can't disagree with that. But the reality that we live in on this planet is that Disney wants their product out, and there's there is a mandate to get the movie done. Yeah, there's a schedule and a timeline, and and I, I really do believe that that you know some of the gaps between uh, some of the connective materials and and Rise of Skywalker was a, lo- a lot of it being like JJ saying, "I'll do this movie in two years for you. Get the story group off my back. I can't afford time in rewrites <laughs> on things that I we don't know about that happened in a comic book that impact the movie." We don't have time for that. You want this movie out in December twenty twenty, December twenty nineteen? Got to get this these guys off my back. That's, anyway, that's, that's another problem. conversation. Yeah, that's another conversation entirely. 
Uh, so anyway, I, I, I imagine we will uh, wrestle with this sequel trilogy and its place in the, the legacy of the saga for quite a while. Because, I, again, I love it. We all love it. But it feels, it does at this point feel tacked on and non-essential. But we'll see. The Maybe pro- that changes. The, pro- the, the problem is, is uh, it, it comes down to Lucas starting with 4, 5, and 6. And 1, 2, and 3 kind of feel essential. Like you need, like just in a sequential standpoint, you already have 4, 5, 6, so you kind of need 1, 2, 3. Yep. And and seven eight nine, especially with the, the the way Return of the Jedi ends, it feels like it's a culmination. And Lucas, of course, doesn't know how to shut his fat mouth, <laughs> so so he puts himself in a corner constantly. And oh yeah, well the prophecy of and like so then when they come around to the seven eight nine, uh, it feels tacked on. Uh, yeah, was it necessary to have those movies? No. It, it, were they welcome? Absolutely, they were awesome. Um, so it's 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 a question of taste. It's a question of I mean, look, uh, I don't think you could say there's something you saw on screen that you didn't wasn't pleasing to the eye. It, it was Star Wars. It was familiar. Um, it, it it was. Uh, it's entertainment and and i was thoroughly thoroughly entertained i've seen it three times now in theater i probably try to catch it another time uh, alone uh so i'm not bothered by children <laughs> i got to uh, pee but... <laughs> it's the um, speeder chase carter god <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so anyways i'm j- i'm just saying it's like it, it is what it is to you. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, and you got to be open to, to it maybe appealing less to someone else. And you, you got to be okay with that. And, um, but in the end, it's, it's Star Wars. Yeah. I, you know, again, we're here yeah. podcasting about Star Wars and we do this as fans. We nitpick these movies. I don't think these movies are made in such a way, but it being a space fantasy, I think we do the movies a disservice by putting them under the microscope the way we do. It's That's fun. not true. We, we, we don't ask too much. Come on. Just for things to make sense and work within a timeline. They have a story group. It's not that hard to, you know, yeah, it's keep not things that hard. in order. It's, it's definitely not that hard. But I, 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 isn't keep your you know your timeline in order you know just don't step on anybody's feet story walls and uh yeah it's it's just a, it's a super simple task dude come on if you're paid to do that that's the dream job okay look read all this star wars stuff and make sure that you know nothing gets uh crossed over or whatever you know like that i, I think that's manageable if, yeah. if you don't think you can manage that, like, I think there's a problem with you. I think Skype is telling us that it's time to stop the show. <laughs> Either way, like, I think it's, I think one thing that's funny I'm going to say about this show, this movie, no matter my gripes with it, maybe it's because it's the last time I'm going to see the Skywalker saga 
or the last time I'm going to see a movie of Star Wars in theaters for possibly two to three years. However controversial it was, like I've never, I don't think I've ever wanted to see a Star Wars movie more in theater again and again. No matter all the problems I had with it and this and that, like I just cannot wait to get my third and fourth and fifth viewing in. Like I got to top a record on this one. I'm going to go see this film six times before it's over. Oh, I don't, I don't know that you will, but good luck to you. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'd like to. I'm within range. I, uh, I've got two more to go. I'll, two more, and I'll be at a half dozen, which I think is my goal. But think about it, man. We're not going to get the. I, I told that to my girlfriend, man. I was like, look, uh, I'm not seeing another Star Wars movie in theaters for three years, so I want to soak it up. I'll take a little, little bath in this. Yeah, you know, every time I go, I kind of think about. Yeah, this is the last time we might hear the score, see these these ships, all this stuff on the big screen for the last time. And I, I've yeah, said at, at nauseum, like, I can't wait for new. Give me the new. But I, I will no doubt miss the old. Thank goodness said, for man, Disney man. Plus. You said it, Kyle. Like, don't let's not take it for granted. Anybody else going to see it again for one last time? Like, it's one last time. This is it. J Dub's gone, man. It's never going to be the same. Well, that's until they release the JJ cut. And we're out. Oh, that's going to do it for this week. That's it. We're not doing that one. So um, if you want to be part of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, uh, send your questions in to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. We'd love to have your feedback on anything we said tonight. Do that and we'll, we'll kick it around on the next podcast. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can share this pod with your friends, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, or become a powerful friend on Patreon. If you liked what you heard today, you could have had it a day sooner, with no ad in the middle, or at the beginning or the end, and you get all kinds of other stuff that we do. Um, you can check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Two tiers, $2, $5, lots of fun going on over there. Our powerful friends, as we lovingly call our supporters... We're going to do our Sith Disturbers breakdown of our quiz that we did for Episode 9. So we'll find out who won, who had the best predictions for Episode 9 way back in March. I'm looking forward to breaking this down. Uh, so yeah, join us on Patreon. Um, shout out to our good pal Rob Wade at Talk Star Wars for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. Our friends at the Nerd Room are there. Lots of cool little podcasts as part of that program. If you like laughing, if you like geek stuff, go check it out. Rob's got some good stuff going on. Also, be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Our good pals at the San Diego Sabres are getting up and running again soon. So you, you got to jump in. You got to go check out the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts or our home base on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. And with all that out of the way, guys, Carlos, social media, where can we find you? You can find me at uh, C Candido Music or at The Funny Carlos on both Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, follow my music page on Facebook, uh, Carlos Candido Music, or go to carloscandidomusic.com. Perfect. Corey. Yeah, you know me. You hit me up at Chop Rules with a Z. That's where I'll be. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, on Instagram, and also in our closed Facebook group. If you want to come join a little community and geek out about Star Wars, it's a positive, fun little group. 
uh, none of the BS that's happening out there on Twitter and on Instagram. Come check it out. It's a closed group. It's safe. It's, it's protected borders. You know, nothing to fear in there. So come check it out on Facebook. And uh, that's going to be it for this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And uh, we'll catch you again next week in another episode where I'm sure we're going to have a lot more fun with hopefully some confirmed news. Maybe, maybe not. But anyway, that'll, that'll do it for this week. Thanks a lot, you guys, for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. May the Force be with you. 2020, what, what? Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face Beating strong Drifting And I relive this dream Over And over And over Again Please don't leave my heart broken Bleeding Don't believe it breathing if only to see you next to me sleeping soundly smiling not really this dream over and over Why you
Why you running? Why you running away?